Well, what a great morning so far. Try not to muck it up, David. Okay. Um, but what Liz is saying is absolutely right. The past is gone. The new has come. We're brand new in Christ. If you've accepted the message of the gospel, the Bible says the old is gone, the new has come. That's gone. I mean, kicked into touch. Um, and this morning, I want to talk on the whole subject of signs of the kingdom. And we've been hearing about signs of the kingdom all morning, if you've been listening, the influence of God uh, in and through our lives. You know, what is kingdom all about? A kingdom is where a king reigns. How many believe God is still reigning and we want him to reign in and through our lives so it's not just for us personally, but it's for the world round about us? And so today, I just want to, for a few minutes, have a look at that. And um, uh, it was interesting at the Bible course, if you were with us on Wednesday evening, Andrew Wallerton was talking about the kingdom and he was talking about when Jesus came, the kingdom came, when Jesus came to earth and we're going to be celebrating that in a few weeks' time. And uh, the kingdom came and something began to be released. A new era was set in motion, but yet the full force of, and, and uh, acknowledgement of the kingdom is yet to come. When that total uh, supreme uh, rule of Christ is fully delivered uh, at the second coming of Christ. But right now we can live, and we do live, with that sense of we are his ambassadors, his representatives on this world right here, right now. That's you and me in your place of work, in your home, in your school, in your network of communications and friendships. Um, we are his ambassadors. and We are kingdom people. How many believe that? And so I want to just look at some thoughts this morning. And it's interesting, if you uh, look at... Uh, the, the words of Jesus, Jesus talks a lot about the kingdom. And if you read in Matthew's gospel, uh, and this again was interesting insight, uh, listening to Andrew Ollerton on the Bible course on, on Wednesday. You know, if you look in Matthew's gospel, he says, and, and Jesus said, uh, and he talks about the kingdom of heaven. But if you read it in Mark and Luke, and Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. So the two are interchangeable. It's just two sort of perspectives on that same thing. Um, but I want to go to Matthew's gospel this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 13. If you've got your Bible, there are <coughs> at least seven and possibly eight, I'll leave it like that, uh, parables of Jesus in Matthew chapter 13. And I'm going to look at seven of them. And you think, how long are we here for? Uh, but six of them start with this phrase. The kingdom of heaven is like. Uh, but I want to start with the very first one, and it's in verse 3. And for some of you who've been in Sunday school, this will not be an unfamiliar story. When Jesus talks about it, he don't begin with those words. But he says this in verse 3, that the farmer went out to plant some seeds. And he sowed some seeds, and some uh, fell on footpath. Uh, some fell in rocky soil. Some fell among the thorns. <coughs> Excuse me. And some fell on good soil. And then as you go a little bit further, track down the chapter, and you get to verse 19, Jesus begins to explain to his disciples what this story was all about. And he said, the seed that fell on a footpath, verse 19, represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. You ever come across people where you've, you've talked to them, you've told them about Jesus, but they've just not got it. They've just not got it. Um, I better not tell too many stories, I ain't got time, but it was, yeah, anyway. Um, but 
the other thing was the evil one, he says, comes to snatch away the seed before it's planted in people's hearts. We need to pray against the evil one snatching away seeds so that when we share the good news, when we talk about Jesus, the Spirit of God has free access into their hearts and lives. They get a revelation of who Jesus is and they respond and find new life in him. Thank you. The second type of seed, or was the second lot of seed seemed to fall, was on the rocky soil, which verse 20 says that represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Do you ever see somebody, they just, wow, yeah, uh, Jesus is now my savior. Ah, yeah, fantastic. Well, yeah, 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 yeah brilliant. Yeah, when, when's the next encounter night? Yeah. And then three months down the line, you go, well, really? What happened? <laughs> the message immediately received it with great joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as problems uh, are coming their way. We need to encourage people not just to have an experience, but to start the journey, what the Bible calls, and we would refer as discipleship taking people on a journey of faith, exploring who God is, exploring who they are and who they can be in him, be empowered by the Holy Spirit for life transformation. And then the third type of seed, um, verse 22, the seed fell among the thorns, represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by worries of life and the lure of wealth and no fruit is pursued, uh, produced. Um, I think for me, this, this sort of, this is really a bit of a crunch one. Because we can so easily make a response to the gospel, start on a bit of a journey. But then how many of you know the kingdom of God is diametrically opposed to the kingdom of this world? And so stuff that we are used to in our lives up to this point, it, hang on a minute, it starts hitting against the new stuff that we're starting to walk into. And when Jesus says stuff like, yeah, take up your cross daily and follow me, you go, oh, hang on a minute. And there's challenge, isn't there? Whoever told anybody that becoming a Christian was a walk in the park needs shooting right now. But I tell you what, it's the most exciting journey you can ever be on if you fully launch into it. And don't endeavor to try and keep one foot in a camp that historically has been part of your life and a new foot, the other foot in the new camp of walking with Jesus. You can't do it. Jesus talked a lot about it in the scripture. I've got time to unpack that. But then it says, and this is the great bit, isn't it? Verse 23, he says, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear, understand God's word, and produce a harvest, 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. God wants you to be fruitful. You know, Jesus, one of the very first things God said to man, Genesis 1, 28, he said, what's this? He said, what did he say? I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply. We have to think about great multiply, the multiply message. What a great message. You know, and we're part of the ground level network. Next year, one event's called multiply. Great. But actually... We're called first to be fruitful. Because if you ain't fruitful, there's no point in multiplying. That's just my logic. 
But God wants to have fruitful lives. I love the song we sang earlier. We go from glory to glory. It'll never be the same. I do believe there's a progression in God for each one of us where it's not the same today as it was last, last year or last month. If we are walking with God, God is continually taking into us new things, new vistas. We're seeing stuff. I love some of the stories this morning of God working in and through people's lives. That is what I live for, to hear that, to hear you guys experiencing some of that stuff, walking into it. So that's the first parable. So, And you may be able to associate, even in your own life, that picture of seed. And you may say, actually, probably that seed in my life is a bit like that scenario. Hey, what about being scenario number four, where it's fruitful? I believe that's for every single person sat in this room this morning. So, let's just quickly move on. I'll quickly breeze through these because uh, parables that begin with this whole uh, phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like, verse 24, you get the second one, the parable of the weeds. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. How many of you know the kingdom of God, the message of the gospel is good? It's good seed, it's good stuff. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grains, the weed also began to grow. And if you continue to read it, you'll find that the the farmer says, don't try and extract all of the bits and bobs. Let's wait till the harvest and then we'll deal with it. Um, If you've been around church for a while, because church... Is not the entirety of the kingdom, but the kingdom is at work in and through the church, yeah? So, um, how many of you know that the church ain't perfect yet? It's a bit of a revelation to some of you here, I can see. Um, there's stuff that's not of his kingdom sometimes in church. And we've just got to work through that. And we get, you know, But sometimes... Sometimes it's right to try and root and sort some things out. But do you know, if we are willing to be pursuers of God's kingdom, pursuers of God's word, pursuers of God's presence, pursuers of God's purposes for our lives, we will see more and more of that good soil activated in our lives and less and less of the devil's influence trying to disrupt. How many of you know the devil is here to disrupt to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to have, give you life, and life in its all, its all its fullness. So there's going to be challenges. There's going to be stuff that we have to deal with. There's going to be stuff that we have to work through. But ultimately, one day, there will be a separation. When Jesus comes, there'll be that separating out of the good and the bad. I hope you know which side of that coin you're on. And you can this morning. And then you get this parable in verse 31 of the mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. I love this picture. You know, 
of mustard seed, which is minute. Amory came home from a, a ladies' day a few years ago, and they had this little mustard seed. It, it was sellotaped to a piece of paper so you, you didn't lose it, you know. And, and the whole the size of that thing, it's minute. You could hardly see it. I mean, now I wouldn't be able to see it unless I put my glasses on. But the potential in that seed is phenomenal. What it can do. And the kingdom potential in you and I, if we will embrace that seed into our lives, is phenomenal. You need to nudge the person next to you and say, this is a message for you as well. As well as me. You know, don't, the scripture says, don't despise the day of small things. You say, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm just starting out on this journey or I've not seen some of this stuff. I tell you what. We're coming to the end of another year. I'm 56 in January. I can't believe it. <laughs> Steph thinks I'm much older. That's my daughter. But that's another story. You think, I mean, who knows how long any of us have got left. But I want to make it count. Um, don't despise the small stuff. Say, Lord, I, I thank you for what you've given me. I want to embrace it. I want to see it at work in my life. I want to see it being fruitful. Even if you think it's very small, let God take it, breathe on it by his spirit, and just be open to what God wants to do. Listen to this, uh, number four parable, verse 33. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used to making bread. Even though she put a small, a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. You ever seen somebody forget to put that ingredient in their bread? Don't quite look the same. But the smallest amount transforms the bread. I tell you what, the smallest amount of the kingdom begins to transform your life and my life. And what God will do, if we are open, if we are available, the influence that he wants to bring through you and I, the church, his church, into our world, into the world that you mix with, is absolutely crazy. Crazy in a good way. I think sometimes we... Yeah, 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 yeah. I tell you what, if you're... Ooh, I'm going to preach in a minute. I was intrigued by the Bible course, the very first session, where um, it was explaining how the Bible had influenced our nation over the history of our nation. And even in the floor of the Palace of Westminster... Scripture is acknowledged. In our culture, over the centuries, Scripture has been acknowledged. It's changed the culture. Do you know you and I are culture changers where we are? If we're kingdom people, if we've received that seed and we've asked God to help us by his spirit, if we're embracing that journey that he wants to take us. There's no telling what God wants to do. I'm going to tell you a story. I hope it comes over right. Um, yesterday... Uh, I was in Lincoln at Bishop, I can't even say the name of the college, the university, but it's BGU, BG University. And I was hosting a day on behalf of Churches Together or Lincolnshire. And we had some keynote speakers and I was, I was basically emceeing the whole thing. And um, we had representatives from all the major denominations and quite a few independent churches as well. And... Uh, 
Really, really good day. I was talking about the amount of housing that's being built across the whole greater Lincolnshire area, how the Church of God can engage with that, etc., all that sort of stuff. And um, really powerful day, very long day. Got home last night, and I'm chatting with Anne-Marie in the kitchen, and it suddenly dawned on me. And I thought, wow, today for me was a fulfillment of prophetic word in my life. And I'll tell you why, and I really want this to come over right. During the day, during coffee breaks and lunch breaks, etc., I found myself being talked to and inquired of by senior leaders across the denominations of the churches in this area. And it's like, well, who am I to do that? And yet, and I was reflecting last night, back 18 months ago, two years ago, I had two prophetic words over my life and over this church about the profile, our profile being lifted. And I just went, wow, last night in the kitchen. Just suddenly dawned on me that yesterday. I don't know what, the, what that means exactly, but I want to say, I don't want to miss the journey. I'm not looking for status, and I'm not looking for power, and I'm not looking for all that sort of stuff. But if God wants to take us into places where of our natural, you know, my history would be very quiet, sit in the corner, let everybody else do the stuff. Some of you can't believe that, I know, but some of you who've known me a long time can. Um, but if we are willing, and if we are available, and if we are willing to say, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want to do in my life, whatever you want to, wherever you want to take us, whatever you want to work through us, we want to be available to you, then who knows what God will do with your life and mine to influence this world. Number five, the parable of the hidden treasure. Uh, Verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the whole jolly field. The word jolly doesn't appear in Scripture, just to let you know. Um, But then the the next parable, verse 45, is very much linked with that. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. You know, those two parables really reflecting the same thing. About somebody seeing the value and just wanting to go for it and embrace it, whatever the cost. I wonder if you and I would be in that category today. It says, this gospel, this good news, this, that I've been the recipient of, the transformation, in my, I, I don't want to just play about at this. I want to go for it, the whole deal. Lord, everything I have, I want to give up, if need be, to embrace all of what you have for me and for us as your people. Somebody said, you know, a long time ago, I remember somebody saying, salvation is the free gift of God but the annual subscription is everything you've got. Salvation is the free gift of God. Our salvation, we can't buy it. can't do quite what this rich merchant did in some ways. We can't buy our salvation. But actually, when we start this journey with God, to embrace it all, take up your cross daily and follow me. Wow. Um, And then finally, number seven... Uh, the parable of the drawing of the net, the fishing net. Verse 47, the kingdom of heaven is like the fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. 
When the net was full, they dragged it onto the shore, sat down, and sorted the good fish into crates and threw the bad ones away. That is what it will be like at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace. Now, there's a message you don't want to be on the wrong end of. And if you've never given your life to Christ, you've never got into that place of receiving him as your savior today, you need to sort that out. So very clearly, when that net comes up, there's different types of fish. But I love this verse, and you, you may have heard me say this. You know, the kingdom of heaven, depending on which version you read, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the sea. And when it comes up, it's caught all kinds of different fish. So that, yeah, we know there's the good and the bad, but it's not just the good and bad. It's all kinds. So I think in the good, there's all kinds. And when I look around the room this morning, I say, yeah, there's all kinds. You know, I'm thrilled to bits to be a part of this church when I look at the age ranges. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are today, but in what, October, the average number of kids and helpers in our kids' church was 43. Every Sunday morning, going out to do the stuff. This morning, they're out doing stuff for shoeboxes. We're probably going to connect up with them in a few minutes if the techno always works. But we've got kids of all ages. Uh, we, I don't know whether Dan is here this morning. We've... No, not that Danny. No, you're not pregnant. <laughs> the other Danny. <laughs> Danny's waving his hand at the back there. But you know, we've got, we've got babies in embryo gathering with us. We've got little toddlers. We've got children. We've got teenagers. We've got young adults. We've got middle-aged. We've got those who are a bit older. And maybe some octogenarians. Wow, what a thrill. Um, I, I tell you what, I'm going to show you this video. Oh, I'm going to run out of time if I'm not careful. I'm going to show you a video clip. I don't know how you saw it. Um, there was a program on TV, I think it was on Channel 4, uh, a year or so ago. I think they may have made a second series. And it was called uh, Nursing Homes for Four-Year-Olds. Anybody see it? Have a look at this. This is funny. This gang of four-year-olds are enrolling at a nursery like no other. Hello, Nelson. With some extra special classmates. What is your name? In a revolutionary experiment. We can make a difference to these older adults' lives. What effects will bringing the two generations together have on the health and happiness of the elderly? I can't really see it make any great difference to us. What do you think happens to you when you get really old? I think you go in the bungalow. It's week five of the six-week experiment in Bristol. In just a week, all 11 of the volunteers will undergo their final tests to see if daily contact with young children has made any improvements to their physical and mental well-being. This morning, it's the biggest challenge to date, sports day. Are you competitive, Michael? Of course, yes. There's only one place to be, first. Our first activity this morning is egg and spoon race. Great. This is going to be the biggest physical challenge that we've set any of our older volunteers in terms of physical activities, but also in teamwork. OK, on your marks, get set. Armed with a whistle, Hamish is the self-appointed referee for the day. Millie, don't hold your eggs. Don't hold your eggs. Millie's dropped it. No, they're holding them. They can't. They're, they're cheating. They're cheating. Come, come on, Solomon. Come on. 
It's taken just four weeks to get all the older group out of their chairs and taking part in the race. Hey, I've got my thumb on mine. I thought she's cheating like mad. I was amazed I did manage to keep going, actually, so I think I'll be in training for the next Olympics. So our next game, we're going to do a relay. <laughs> 80-year-old Linda joined the experiment to improve her mobility after the recent loss of her husband. Amaya is lovely. Old age can be very lonely, and the fact that somebody wants me there is rather nice. OK, ready, okay. ready! Are you on your marks? Get set! <whistles> Off you go! Come on, Pegasus! Come on, Pegasus! Come on, come on. That's right. Look at That's that. That's a proper run. Way. <laughs> wow. Look at that. I can't think that I've ever seen an old person run. <laughs> Older people don't run. They, they don't even walk. No, no, they don't. You can see that Linda looks different, and that's as a result of the experiments, as a result of interacting with the children and the activities that she's been doing. Do you think it's fair to say that's kind of the fastest you've been for a while? Yes, probably. I should probably be in intensive care this afternoon. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Uh, so, hey, this is good for you. The kingdom, the church is good for you. Uh, and don't sit in your little ghettos. And I expect a whole load of people now to be signing up for kids' church helpers uh, off the back of this. It'd be brilliant. Uh, so, you know, and we've got different personality types, haven't we? Yeah, we could do a whole load of things on that. I ain't got time for that, but I'm at ISFJ, if anybody's interested, just to let you know. Um, but the body of Christ, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, has put the parts of the body connected together just where he wants them to be. This is a beauty of the creativity of God. Uh, perhaps the musicians will come back. We'll, we'll sort of finish this off. But I just, I was thinking about this uh, a while ago. Amory, very quickly, just get that whiteboard up if you can, thanks. Um, Joy came to me and she said, do you know, David, one of our kids' groups, um, the minority group in that group are white British. And I went, wow, how fantastic. The nationalities represented in this room today. And I thought it would be just a fun little exercise while the musicians plug up. Shout out where you're from. Nationwide, and, and see if Amory can write them down quick enough. Okay, Certifica, right, yes. South Africa, yeah, we've got South Africa. Once that nation's been shouted, you don't have to go. Argentina, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, Ghana, Wales, good man. Land of my fathers, good man. England, Scotland, Ireland, Sri Lanka, Hong Kong. These guys over here, you're from Poland. I haven't told you shout yet. Come on, Poland. Any others? Canada. Denmark, come on, yeah, Mrs. Come on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in northeast Lincolnshire. Well, the kingdom of God is like a great big net lowered down into the sea and it comes up with all kinds of different fish. And if we can embrace this incredible creativity of God, the diversity of God through the... What a wonderful picture to the world in which we represent. Why don't we stand? We're going to sing. But I do want to challenge you as well. For some, maybe here today, there's somebody who've never made that step, never received that gospel into their heart and life. The fact that God loves them, the fact that he sent his son to die on a cross for them, and to bring them into this new life today that can be you and we'd love to pray with you we've got a prayer team here they're going to be down on my left hand side your right as we sing this song if you want some prayer with regard to that you want to take that step of receiving the good seed of God into your life brings transformation why don't you do that this morning maybe some here this morning say actually I've been trying to live a little bit with one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the historic kingdom of my life I've not given it all to God. Well, today, right where you are, why don't you just put your hands out and I'm going to pray. Father, across this room, as we consider with all seriousness your incredible love for us and the incredible potential in our lives as we give ourselves over to you, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you continue to draw us and empower us on our journey for you. And I pray, Lord, that if there are things that have been hindering and holding people back, that from this day, those things will begin to fade away in Jesus' name. And these, those who are reaching their hands out to you right now will find that they are walking in a new level of life. The life of the kingdom, representing your kingdom, the kingdom that's above all. In Jesus' name, amen.